Hey everyone, welcome to the Americana Station podcast. Today on the podcast, I have Kyle Crownover from Crownover, but also the Keekers and Ferg podcast, and you may know him as the tour manager for Tyler Childers. But uh, most notably, we're going to be talking about his new record, Another Day in Our 20s. Uh, this four-song EP is killer, and um, as much as I like to give him tons and tons of crap, I can't do that about his new EP. Um, plenty of crap to go around for other things going on in Kyle's life, but uh, his new EP is incredible, and uh, we're talking about that, uh, his process, uh, how he got started. Um, it's really great. Uh, I want to mention, first and foremost, because unfortunately, uh, DL, his podcast, which will be coming out uh, next, is a couple of days after his EP release. So I'm going to announce at the front of this that on April 17th at the basement, uh, you need to get your butt down there, uh, get your little pod table, make sure you have your mask. Uh, They'll be doing an outside performance for uh, Sweetheart Pub. And uh, some of my guests, uh, a lot of my guests that have been on the podcast and um, Elijah Ocean, who's coming on the podcast uh, after DL will be there. The Danbury's will be there. And uh, of course, DL Rossi is going to be there. And uh, I think there's uh, King Corduroy as well. Um, Tickets, I believe, are $15 and can be purchased online. Uh, If you just look for Sweetheart Publicity on Facebook, then it should come up. Uh, Or you can visit the Basements uh, page. This is the original Basement, not Basement East. Um, And it will be an outside socially distanced event. Super excited because D.L. Rossi's new album is incredible, and uh, you don't want to miss the live band. So make sure you go ahead and get your tickets because it is a limited number. I think it might be like 75 or 80 or something like that. Maybe it's 100. I don't know. But there's not a lot of tickets available. So if you're just itching for some live music in a safe environment, this is the time to do it. I will be there. I'll be checking it out for sure. And um, I'm excited to uh, see all these guys that uh, I've had on the podcast uh, and ladies from the Danbury's. Um, Also, Phoebe, I don't want to leave out, Phoebe Hunt, I believe, is also going to be there. And she's also incredible. Hopefully, we'll have her on the podcast at some point as well. Um, So make sure you check out uh, Crownover's new record. Uh, Make sure you check out D.L. Rossi's new single that just came out, I believe, today. Um, And Elijah Ocean also has a new, uh, I think a split uh, A and B side uh, single that just came out. Um, And you can hear all of that music if you go and uh, follow on Spotify my Americana Highways Backroads playlist. Uh, If you just search Americana Highways, it'll probably pop up. And uh, we update that at least once a month. We got some of the winners from the Americana Highways uh, February uh, album of the month. So we got some really cool music on there as well as, like I said, crown over and, uh, DL and uh, a few other people. So make sure you check out that playlist. We, I also recently updated the new school honky tonk playlist. So you should check that one out as well. It's boot scootin' fun. And we put some, uh, some friends like, uh, uh, South Texas tweak. And, um, who else did we put on there? We, I think we put Elijah ocean on there as well. And, um, lots of, Oh, Melissa Carper, um, I've been saying it on Twitter, but I'm not sure if I said it uh, here on the podcast. I'm trying to get Melissa to come out. She's a friend of mine, and uh, we're trying to get our schedules to line up so I can have her on the podcast. But she has a new record out that's super incredible. It's it's like a sort of a old school country swing record, um, and she's a phenomenal singer songwriter, upright bass player, and um, I've had the pleasure of sharing the stage with her a few times. She's a wonderful human being, so you should check out her new record. It's great. Also on YouTube, I just released a live video for Walk On off of Living With Ghosts. Um, It was a fun uh, shoot. There were people staring at me the whole time, uh, looking at me weird. It's a small, small town. uh, Anyway, you can check that out by uh, searching for me on uh, YouTube and make sure that you like and subscribe. Leave me a comment. Say something nice. Say something funny that I can respond to. It'll be great. Uh, And... Also, this next weekend, I will be uh, heading to the studio to start recording my next record, which I'm super pumped about. And uh, I have Tim Curris on drums, so we'll be tracking all of the drums from the uh, the next record. 
And uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. It's, it's great to get back in the studio and uh, see these songs fleshed out fully. So that'll be cool. Um, lots of good stuff to look forward to in the Will Payne Harrison world. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about, unfortunately, Kyle Crownover. No, I'm just kidding. He's he's great. We like to give each other a lot of crap, but uh, I really do appreciate him coming on the podcast, and um, I'm excited to talk about him. So here we go. Adolescent dreams starting to fade. Being alone must be the price to pay. To turn the page. I used to never want to leave this town. Now she's the only thing that's keeping me around. I'm on my way straight to her house to let her down Cause I don't even recognize me now One day you're young and wanna grow up so bad Then you grow up and just wanna go back Caught between wanting to move on and staying the same Yeah, the years fly by but Days move slow, you learn when to hang on and when to let go Holding tight, hoping the whole thing ain't away Hey everyone, welcome to the Americana Station podcast uh, Today on the podcast, I have the number two host of the number one podcast, Kyle Crownover You know, Seth's a pretty good host I'll, I'll take being the number two co-host as long as it's still the number one podcast, yeah Right, yeah, so... That's that's where I get you. I'm still the number one host of the Americana Station podcast. You know, you're definitely the number one host on the Americana Station podcast. You got that for sure. <laughs> Considering there are no other hosts, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have to tell people that. Yeah, I shouldn't tell people that. I just ruined it for me. Man, you put out a new record, and it's really great. A four-song EP. Um, that's correct. And it just dropped. How uh how has it been for you? How's the response been? It's been great, man. Um, definitely the best response I've gotten ever putting anything out. So, you know, I didn't quite get those Morgan Wallen numbers or anything, but uh it's After still full <laughs> yeah, we'll save it for that. No, it's been great, man. People tell me they're liking it, and that's all you can really hope for. Yeah, yeah. And um I, you know, uh, was able to do a review on the um, Americana Highways, which should come out uh, probably around the time this podcast comes out. So look for that on Americana Highways. But uh, so I, I, I definitely dove into the songs uh, even more than I usually do when I'm hosting uh, someone. And they're, they're just really solid songs, really great production, um, great performances. It was really good. Thank you, man. Um, and you, you co-wrote the first song on there, uh, with Zach Russell, right? That is correct. Yeah. Me and Zach lived together through the last half of college and then ended up moving to Nashville and living together for a while. Um, so we got a, a few songs we've written together and, uh, I love that dude. So any chance I get to work with him is great. That's awesome. So you, uh, did you did you go to MTSU as well with him? I did. That's where we met. Uh, funny story. We actually found out we were supposed to live together at first before we like even knew each other. And then he had walked into the apartment and then just like didn't like the vibe. I wasn't there, <laughs> but went and was like, I want a different room. And then I show up and I'm like, what happened to our other roommate? They're like, oh, you're going to be getting another other one we were just like oh okay cool but we ended up meeting like a year after that and just kind of came really good friends and yeah he still doesn't like the vibe but (laughs) (laughs) we've yeah we live in different places now so (laughs) clearly so how long have you been uh in nashville or in the area we let's see i moved here in the summer of 2015 and I'd gone to school in Murfreesboro, which is just like 45 minutes south of here. I moved there in 2012 or 13. So wow. Yeah, almost a decade. Wow. That's crazy. But yeah, it's been a while. 
few years into moving into town, I started tour managing for a guy named Parker Millsap. Yeah. And then from there, started working with uh, Tyler Childers, who I'm still currently working for. And yeah, I've been here a while, but it also feels like I haven't been here a while because I've been gone kind of a lot. Yeah. So the town still feels new. I still have to use a GPS everywhere I go. Right. Yeah. And Murfreesboro is different than Nashville, too. Very different. Yeah. What have you, uh, like with the pandemic and not being able to uh, tour, how, how has that been affecting? Like, what have you been doing just besides the podcast and uh, I guess writing songs? Yeah, started a podcast uh, called Keekers and Ferg, number one podcast show. Um, I've been writing music. I, I got to produce Zach's uh, last EP as well. So it's been, I mean, bad in the sense of, you know, we're not, touring anymore but it's been nice having time off and just getting to kind of throw yourself into projects uh yeah i don't know if that podcast ever would have happened if we weren't just totally bored right yeah uh, you actually on twitter uh tiffy tiff asked uh, how long are you going to be doing the <laughs> podcast for <laughs> oh tiffy tiff um yeah, we got no plans of stopping. I mean, I do want to be the f- first tour manager on the moon. So <laughs> I don't know if I was on the moon, how podcasting would work, but I'm open to to however long people are listening. I mean, if, if we get to the point where no one's listening, obviously we'll stop, but people keep coming back. So we're going to keep doing it. It's fun for us. Um we do a new theme song every single week and that's been fun to just get to like make music with nothing to lose or for no reason other than just pure silliness and fun. So that's been, that's been refreshing. It can be where writing songs can be kind of a daunting task sometimes. And that's a fun way to just, remember why you enjoy music and yeah, it's been great doing that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Are you going to keep it weekly when you have to get back to work or <sighs> we're going to try, dude, I couldn't even last a month. I did, I think a month and a half of weekly and I was like, Nope, I can't do it. Yeah. We're, we're in a good place in the sense of we don't necessarily need a guest. So it can be just us goofing around by ourselves and then when we get guests, it's awesome. But yeah, if we had to do that every week too, I don't, I don't see how long that would last. But, but yeah, we're gonna keep it weekly as long as we can. Are y'all gonna take it on the road too when you go? Uh, I guess yeah. Get you in. It's hard to say room. what that'll look like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty portable. It's just Seth's laptop and a little mixer and a couple of microphones. So. We can take it anywhere we need to. So are you recording in, it looks like you got a kind of studio uh, where you're at right now. Are you recording in that room? Um, We actually do it at Seth's place, which is, I guess I probably shouldn't say where it is, but (laughs) it's like South Nashville. I'm in Madison. This is just a little office. It's all my roommates uh, bases in the background. Nice. More his, his base than mine, but I'm here now, so that's cool. And uh, you recorded at Brown Owl? That is correct. Yeah, man. I've done everything I have on Spotify. I was done there. Um, it's kind of the first place I ended up and really liked it and just kept going back. Have you been there? Yeah, yeah. I had a, a co-writer record one of our songs there, and uh, she invited me on this session. Um, so I nice. got to sit in on it, and it was it was super cool. Um, and super vibey, um, but no, Absolutely. I, I had, uh, did my last record at Wirebird um, Productions with Brett Stewart, and then uh, nice. he did David uh, Only's last album with Nana K. If you're familiar with mm-hmm. him, yeah. oh yeah, but yeah, very cool. Brown Owl is super super vibey. I, I dug it a lot. And they have like insane gear too. Yeah, they got lots of really cool drum stuff and some cool guitars and great outboard gear. It's, 
it's got everything you need. It's not the biggest place, but we love the drum sounds in that room. Uh, so that's, I think, the main reason we go. But yeah, it's it's worked every time. So we'll keep it going. I saw they're either moving or oh, no. taking a break for a while. Yeah. So that sucks. I don't know what'll happen there, but they're great guys. That was a really cool place. Uh, a lot of stuff I really liked was recorded there. Yeah, your drums and the bass just sound so good together. Uh, it's definitely a great room. Um, yeah. So with songwriting, do you have a practice, like besides the silliness of Kikers and Ferg every week, do you have a practice <laughs> of like writing uh, or is it just kind of when the mood strikes you? I would say I started off definitely more disciplined. Um I mean, I've written a lot of songs I don't love, and it seems like the ones I do love were definitely more inspired and just kind of happened. Um, so now, yeah, I try to give myself space for that inspiration to come, but I'm less likely to like force something now when it's not happening than before I would have just finished it. Now I'll just kind of... You know, if I have a verse, it might just be that verse for a while until something hits me. Um, yeah, so it's been a process of learning, learning how I work and how I, how I like to work too. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that helped me a lot was uh, that you know you said not forcing it is just walking away whenever it, it feels like I'm hitting a wall. Totally. Um, that's been like super helpful for actually finishing songs. Yeah. Or if it comes to that spot, like, you know, just play music that I already know or like, like something that still is helping me get better, but maybe something that's not so like digging hard for it, if that makes sense. That Yeah, that does. Uh, actually one of my songs that uh, will be on the next record, I, hated the vocal melody and I, I loved the, the like guitar part and the lyrics and I just couldn't get it right. And I, st I did kind of what you're saying, stopped and just started playing like some Johnny Cash or something like that. And yeah. off of that, like rhythm and melody, I was able to come up with a better rhythm and melody for the vocals, you know? Yeah. It's funny. The, the song me and Zach wrote actually was started out as like a really slow song and it was just kind of always there. And then finally, I was just like, what if we just made it groove? And this was like a year or two later. I was like, what if we just did it the complete opposite vibe, but kept the words and the melody? And then that's what it is. That's awesome. So yeah, sometimes it just takes sitting it with a while and messing around with it or changing something that really makes it hit the way you want it to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And taking a different angle uh, approach to helps a lot. Yeah. I heard uh, Rivers Cuomo on a podcast talking about songwriting. And he was like, Monday, I'll do just musical ideas. And Tuesdays, I'll do just melody or hook type stuff. And then Wednesday, I'll do lyrics only and just talked about how doing it that way, it was a less daunting task. And he could even, it was like he was co-writing with himself where he would, you know, take a musical idea from two years ago and add some lyrics to it that he wrote last week. Like, it's just, it's the less daunting task of I have to create a full song right now from scratch and more of just like putting different pieces together and seeing how that fits and rearranging it and just playing with it all. So wow. I, I don't necessarily do that, but I try to think of that like now, like, yeah, if I don't feel like writing lyrics today, like don't write lyrics, but see if you can write some music or, you know, progression or just anything that'll make yeah. the process easier later. Yeah. Yeah, I just put everything in my uh, little voice recorder, even if it feels like it's shit right now. Because, you know, you come back to it later and you're like, this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. 
It's so, funny how that works. Or, you know, yeah, you're sitting with someone and they love the instrumental and you're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, let's do this together. I was kind of stuck on it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, kind of running with the the Rivers Cuomo thing. Uh, I have noticed, you know, just from being Twitter friends that you are a huge fan of uh, early aught emo music, like My Chemical Romance. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. I've been posting about it a lot too, obviously. Is that like a huge influence for you? Or is that just kind of like a fun phase you're in right now? It's not a phase, mom, first off. <laughs> um, I think it's like psychologically something to do with where I was in life at that time. Like obviously nostalgia is playing a huge part of it. I think, I don't know if I'd never heard those albums and he showed me now, if I'd be freaking out about them or not, but I love it still. And I still do listen to it. Yeah. I think I'm uh, about 10 years older than you. So I actually was like, when emo was popular, I was in my early twenties and like toured in emo bands and stuff like that. So I think that, to me, it's a little more um, like we had a a band that it was called December Disillusion, and we sounded just like Further Seems Forever, like <laughs> like the the jazzy emo-y kind of thing with the the yeah. high vocalist, and and uh, we toured with it and everything. And so, you know, like <laughs> living in that era and and being like like jamming. I remember the day that They're Only Chasing Safety came out, like you know, jamming oh, it so wow. fucking hard. Yeah. I was in college, man. And, uh, you know, cranking it to, you know, as loud as it would go and rolling the windows down driving with it. And so screaming along. Yeah. Yeah. Screaming along. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I like it. I still love it. Uh, I, I haven't quite figured out the psychology of it, but <laughs> it still hits me. I still, I still like it. So there's major sevenths instead of the minor sevenths. Yeah. And I think something with, with like the My Chemical Romance thing is like, I just started playing guitar and that stuff was definitely too over my head to like figure it out at the time. So it was just like the coolest thing in the world to me, but it was just like, all I really knew how to do was play like octaves and power chords. And <laughs> yeah, they were doing, especially NCR theatrical things where it was like, dude, I don't know what's going on, but this rocks. Yeah, yeah, they started getting into that queen world too at the end. Yeah, yeah, he's mad about it. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I I actually said in my um, review, I don't want to give too much away so people will read it, but uh, you know, I kind of compared it to like when I was in my twenties, you know, laying on the floor and listening to Swiss Army Romance. It's got that kind of oh wow reflective uh, sadness to it, you know. But it, it's it's definitely way more country, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely parts of that in there. It is sad, man. And I think, like, when I started writing songs, it was definitely all only sad, but then it was also slow. And I've kind of just moved to making my sad songs mid tempo. It works, <laughs> it works a little better. I guess this makes you a little bit song. less sad if the music's a little happier. I yeah. Don't know. But like honestly, who likes a happy song? Like I don't listen to any, that's for sure. Yeah. Except maybe some Bruno Mars. Um, that's about it. That's other true. than that, I want to be sad. Right. Yeah. It's it or like every once in a while I'll throw in like a, a a happy song about a pretty girl. You know, you gotta have that one fast tempo song. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. But you know, that's I haven't just gotten mine yet, but <laughs> But I probably should. I'd probably help me out. Yeah. That would help out a lot. Um, so what, do you have any plans on now that COVID's getting a little bit less on uh, doing some tour runs with your new record or your new EP? Man, I'm very open to it. Um, nothing. Nothing's come up yet. I'm not really... At a spot where I can do headlining shows and sell any tickets. So it'd be more of looking for an opening spot. And I'm sure some shows will pop up, but there isn't like a, 
a big tour planned or anything right now. Things are still kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm open to playing some shows, but it doesn't look like I'm loading up in the van and going out for a few weeks or anything anytime soon. It's really hard. Like I've, I, I've gotten a couple of like emails about, you know, like, what do you think about this date? Like later in the summer? And I just still am not sure, you know, I know. It's, <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It's like the time, but it's not, it just feels like, well, what if something bad happens again and I have to cancel again? Dude, that's exactly how I feel like <laughs> right now. I, f- I see a lot of, like show announcements popping up and it's like festivals that were supposed to happen last year that didn't. And they keep the same lineup. And it's like, I have PTSD from seeing show announcements. It's like, no, I know they're all going to go away. (laughs) They're going to take time for questions. Let's do some questions. All right. So, uh, Bindrell asked, uh, how many you do you drink a week? (laughs) Um, that depends. So, I mean, I'm not buying you who's at the grocery store and, you know, keep them on my property or anything. You don't buy like a 12 pack of cans. No, I can't do that to myself. <laughs> I'd hurt myself. Now, if I'm traveling, you know, I'm getting a you at the gas station. I'm getting you and I'm getting some beef jerky and it's just who I am. So we'll say if I'm on tour and it's a long week, I can get five to seven yuhus a week, Shit. but if I'm at home, you know, I try to stay away. Maybe when I go get gas. <laughs> no, uh, James Barker, who's in Tyler's band, he cannot resist a strawberry milk. It is not for me though. It yeah, there's something like too weird. Is there a pink yuhu? Yeah, there's just... a pink yuhu. Wow, you didn't know that? No, I'd seen like the actual milk ones but i've never seen i see ben calls that you who that chocolate drink and that is what's on it so it's it's not chocolate milk it's yeah. a chocolatey drink yeah it's probably water honestly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean there's not that many other liquids but <laughs> yeah. yeah i didn't know there's a pink you who probably not for me but i can't say for sure anything strawberry really is not you know, like strawberry sodas. I just can't do it. Yeah. I like strawberries, but not my favorite flavoring artificial wise. Speaking of which I got some beef about your Jolly Rancher <laughs> taste. Let's hash it out, man. You yeah. like the greens. What's wrong with the greens, man? The green is just the worst. Why, why though? I mean, why is Satan the worst? You know, why? That's also debatable. Why are, why are shark attacks the worst? You know, <laughs> it's just bad. I mean, I'll eat a green if there's nothing left, but that ain't what I'm what I'm reaching for, man. So you would take a purple over a green? Ten times out of ten, purple I think is the sleeper Jolly Rancher, the most underrated. It's not a lot of people's favorite, but it's old faithful, man. It'll it'll get you there. Ugh, no way. I'll give. I would give you all. If I bought a bag of Jolly Ranchers, I would give you all the purples for sure. Well, I would give you all the blues and greens. <laughs> this would be. But this would work out, man. Blue Dum Dums is the best Dum Dum. I don't know why the blue Jolly Rancher is so bad. Wait, wait, wait. Did we just get another one? Hold on. I think I got another. Oh, uh, no. another question. No, it was just a like thing. But Tiffy has a lot of questions, man. We can jump into those. Yeah, let's see what she says. Uh, she has four questions. Uh, I mean, beggars can't be choosers. I know, I know. Uh, best vacation and why? Is it a vacation if I was there on tour? Did you get downtime? Yeah. Yeah. I would it was say definitely so. John Prine's All the Best Festival in the Dominican. It was just wild. I didn't know that those kind of places existed. 
I definitely, if they did exist, I didn't think that I would ever get to go to one, but it was just super nice resort, everything all inclusive, but incredible food. It was just perfect. So was it like Dominican people at the festival or was it a bunch of Americans that flew out? There? Just rich Americans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you have the whole resort. And it's just people there for the concerts that week. So like on the resort, there's like five or six different stages with music all day and night. So it's, it's, it was pretty cool. I would love to go back to one of those. That sounds pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone there's there for the music. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an expensive ticket, you know? So it was, Mostly just old white people, but it was still fun. So were you there, like, y'all just played one day, but you had several days off where you got to just chill and enjoy it? No, I think we played, like, four, three or four shows. Dang. And we were there for, like, four days or something. I mean, if you're going to fly to the Dominican, like, yeah, that's stay for a few days. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and we weren't in any rush to leave, so that yeah, was that's, nice. That's true, yeah. Man, that's a pretty good one. I was going to go to Spain before uh, COVID hit and my flight got canceled. So that was going to be my best vacation. Well, do you get refunded or do you have to? Yeah, I got refunded. Okay. But the that's tickets good, were like 600 bucks, man. Oh, that's true. You're getting to go for cheaper probably because of COVID, but then you lost everything. Yeah. Yeah. That stinks, dude. That's you'll right. get to you'll get to go back. Yeah, yeah, one of these days. Okay, who uh, who would you do a duo or collab with, Dead or Alive, for one song? Dude, I even saw this question on Twitter. Gerard Butler. I mean, that would be <laughs> sick. That's so hard. Um, I don't listen to a ton of music from dead people so i think it'd probably be a modern person um that's so hard i would love to do a song with chance the rapper which is just wild i wouldn't rap but he did a song with the singer from death cab where just he sang the chorus and then chance did the verses i would love to do something like that but also, ah, never mind. That's it. That's my answer. Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper. That's a good one. Yeah. My Chemical Romance would be sick too, though. Maybe like My Chemical Romance is the backing band while Chance the Rapper does. Oh my God. Sign me up. That's it. <laughs> that's my answer. That's a, that's solid. And then the last one was, uh, do you have any advice in the, for the music business? Don't go to jail in Florida. Stay out of jail. That definitely <laughs> helps. Um, my thing is, is if you're an artist and you have like publishers or labels that want to work with you, like they are betting that whatever they put in, that they will get that in return. So I would say if other people are willing to bet on you, you should just bet on yourself and try to keep everything that you do. Like keep your publishing, keep your masters. I know it's hard to do it independently, but if someone else is going to bet on you, you should too. So I would say just do it. Don't wait for someone to tell you that you're good enough or you deserve it. Like just do it. That's great advice. I a hundred percent agree with that. I think that, uh, you know, going back to John Prine, uh, that was like his motto pretty much. And, you know, he started his own record label and kept all of his, you know, royalties after the, I guess Columbia was what he was on before. And Mm -hmm. that's like, I mean, you don't need, millions of people just to make a decent wage if you're Correct. doing it independently, you know? Um, yeah. That's something they kind of taught at MTSU was 
if you can get a thousand people to spend a hundred dollars a year on you, then that's a hundred thousand dollars. And it was just like, Oh, (laughs) I don't have to be on the radio or shoot for these arenas or anything. Like I need like a thousand really good supportive fans and I can figure it out. You know what I mean? Right. And then if you sign a 360 deal and you're on some label and you have, you know, a hundred thousand people, but then you got to pay back all the expenses and you got to, you know, give 10% of everything you ever do. And, you know, you're not really doing any better. You're probably coming out less. You're not getting that hundred thousand even probably when you first start off. Oh yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, can you reach a hundred thousand people by yourself? I mean, it's going to be a lot harder without them. That's definitely for sure. But what's the point of doing all that if you don't get to keep any of it? So yeah, just bet on yourself. Do it. That's good advice, man. That's good advice. So, so you aren't on TikTok. You don't, you don't uh, get your hundred thousand followers from TikTok. I like, I was really off Twitter even until the pandemic. I mean, I would come and go, but that's exhausting in itself. Like I can't add another one right now. I do have a TikTok. Uh Mike from Hippies and Cowboys just kept being like, dude, you're gonna go viral. Just post the videos. And I posted like two and nothing happened and I quit. So <laughs> you gotta bet is, on yourself, Kyle. Is is TikTok like the future of music point? Probably. Am I going to do it? Probably not. So that's just kind of where that is. Right. Yeah. Maybe one day, but I just, I can't keep up with it all. Yeah. It's hard. And I was doing Instagram mostly uh, pre pandemic and then I got really bored with it. And that's why I started doing more Twitter. And it's to me, Twitter has been more fun and rewarding and people actually, you know, you build like friendships with these these people that are following you and and there's a lot more response, you know, on Instagram, people just look, but they don't say anything. They don't communicate with you. You're exactly right, man. I feel a hundred percent the same. Um, yeah, I love Twitter at first, then took a few years off and now I'm back. So it's cool. Like if you hate Twitter, like stop following the people you're following. Like, if something yeah. makes you mad, don't follow it. So people talk about like how divisive and political Twitter is, but man, I'm just on there talking about Jolly Ranchers and my chemical romance. And it's been fun. So I don't know. You got pretty political with that Morgan Wallen stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe I <laughs> dip my toes in. That wasn't divisive. It was yeah. just, you know, fun at his expense. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a little massive. Sorry, Morgan, if you're listening. I know you probably are. Yeah, yeah. Morgan is actually number one uh, Americana Station podcast listener. Wow. What an honor. He keeps us on the air. (laughs) I'm definitely editing that out. (laughs) People start boycotting my podcast. Yeah. Hey, I mean, any press is good press. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll get my 100,000 followers that way. There you go. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, what else is going on in the world of uh, Kikers? Man, not a lot. Just uh, I went down to Florida for about 10 days and hung out with my buddy JB. And that was a blast. And I think I'm going to go live in his backyard for a few weeks at the end of the month, just cause it's so nice down there. And it's just a good change of pace from Nashville. I mean, the weather here is a lot better now, but it still feels like, I don't know. I don't feel good about going into public Yeah, here, but there it's just outside. It's spaced out. It's I mean, I ain't depressing. hitting the clubs. I'm not hitting the clubs or anything down there. You know I mean? I'm, walking beside the ocean and stuff. But yeah, it's a little depressing here. I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, like the bars and stuff are opening, but I also just, I don't want to do that anymore. I do not miss going to bars. Yeah. I don't, I don't really 
miss going to, I mean, I miss seeing music and, and friends, but I don't miss being out till like 3 a.m. every. Yeah, dude. I saw your tweets about that and I couldn't agree more. It's like yeah. I was doing this stuff, but now it's just like, why did we do that? Right. And I, I drink way less now. And I'm like, God, I was drinking so much. Like, why was, why dude, was I yeah. okay with this? Yeah, I was a karaoke host for like two years when I moved to Nashville. And then when I stopped doing that, it was just like, yeah, like I wasn't like getting like crazy drunk every day or anything, but drinking just because I was there, like that's just, that's not the move anymore. Right. We'll save, we'll save our money and just not do that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that, I, that's, I mean, because I drank a lot at the beginning of the pandemic, like a lot. Like I was probably buying. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably buying, I don't know, 60, 70 bucks worth of liquor, like bottles a week or something like that. But then. I thought you were going to say a day. I was going to be like, all right, well, dang. Yeah. Yeah. No, not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the week it adds up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You got to play some uh, shows with. Arlo, uh, yes. Like, was that last fall or something? Yeah, that was in like late November. Yeah how how did that uh, go? I know y'all had to do like some socially distanced kind of things. Yeah, man, it was at the Burl in Lexington, Kentucky, and they did like the outside table shows. Um, so essentially, you just have to buy a whole table and then fill it up. It was great, man. It was, it felt, it felt safe. It was outside. The people were super stoked to listen to music. So I was really nice. I think, I think coming out of this pandemic is going to be incredible for musicians. I feel like they're remembering why they do what they do and are actually grateful because it was taken away from them for a year and it seems like the people are more excited. Like, I think we're going into a good time. I don't yeah. know when that time's going to like start, but when it does open up, like it's going to be a blast, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the, you know, especially being in Nashville, you, you kind of take live music for granted so much, but being stripped of that for over a year, uh, I, I like, I can't wait, even if it's a shitty band, I can't wait to just, <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm not skipping openers anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm there start to finish now. Yeah. At least for the, the next year. Yeah. yeah. Then we'll, then we'll burn of out. course, go back into hating everything. <laughs> How did you uh, meet Arlo and a uh, follow-up question? Where are you originally from? Yeah. Um, let's see. I met Arlo. He opened for he's opened for Tyler probably five or ten times. Um, so I've gotten to just hang out with him at those shows. And then we played like a, a festival together called Kicking It on the Creek. Um, we did like a pre-Kicking It on the Creek show with me and him and at a place called the Steam Engine in Irvine, Kentucky. So We've gotten, we've played on the same, a few of the same festivals and he's had me open for him a few times. So very grateful to that dude. He's an incredible musician. Yeah. That Dime Midwestern album is incredible. I feel very lucky that I, I get to play with him some. That's awesome. Are you from Kentucky? I guess that was the follow up. Or- gotcha. Yeah. So I'm from a small town outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. Called Udwa. So yeah, Udwa. You know Udwa? Yeah, they got great um uh crops. I don't know. What do y'all what, what do y'all know for? <laughs> I was trying to think of something. They have watermelon. Crops. Um little Debbies are made there, so throw oh. some respect on it first yeah. off. <laughs> Hell yeah, I, I could tear up some zebra cakes, man. Oh yeah, dude. So it's like McKee factory. We got to go there on like elementary school field trips and we would get to eat a honey bun straight off the press. Still warm. Still warm. Yeah, bro. And there ain't nothing like that. 
So yeah, they got McKee just up the road in Cleveland. You got Eminem Mars. So I mean, it smells great. You you'll get hungry going outside. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's about all that they're known for. I'm from uh, Tioga, Louisiana. Also, another weird name that no yeah. one knows about. And is it a native name? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yep, same as Udawa. Yeah, and uh, they have Procter and Gamble. It makes all the Tide. Wow! And, and like the detergent in the. Um, Does that smell good States. or bad? It smells great, but you go oh, thank you. one town over, and it's Pineville, and they have uh, paper mills, and it just smells. <laughs> Which awful. is the opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it kind of cancels out. <laughs> Depending which way the wind's blowing, here you're yeah, getting exactly. really good smell, really bad. Yeah. Well, I didn't know growing up, and people would come visit me like from out of town or something, and be like, "God, your town stinks." Hey, what? I don't. I don't smell anything. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Nice. Where is that in Louisiana? Uh, do you know where Alexandria is? That's probably the bigger yeah. city. Okay, so yeah, it's about twenty minutes. 20 miles from Alexandria. It's real out in the country. There's really nothing. It's like, it's really, there's nothing out there. Uh, the Pentecostals, United Pentecostals campgrounds are, are in Tioga. That would be the other thing they're known for. <laughs> I didn't know Pentecostals liked camping. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> wow. There's a big something Pentecostal in Cleveland, Tennessee. You know, Lee University. Yeah, yeah. Heard of that? Of yeah, they're the next town up from Udawa. Not really my scene, but anyways. Yeah, you make a lot of jokes about uh, Christianity. Were you ever? <laughs> uh, <laughs> were you jump ever, right in. Yeah, were you ever uh, in the in the the throes of? Yeah, that's the only or, reason I can make fun of it. Is because I was hardcore in that. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. That makes sense, oh. man. It doesn't make sense. That's why I had to leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it's, it's, well, anyways, we can talk about a few. I was on staff at a church from like 16 to 22. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, can you hear my chair? I'm not like ripping ass in the background by the way. My chair's <laughs> just been squeaky. Anyways. That's what they all say. <laughs> it's like, Kyle, you're not even sitting in a chair. I'm like, Will, shut up. No one knows that. <laughs> yeah, I was on staff doing music at churches and yeah, just came to a breaking point eventually where it's like, I don't, I, I don't think I agree with everything that I'm supposed to be saying up here so so i had to leave that world and then i started working at a grilled cheese restaurant and hosting karaoke and just kind of stumbling my way through my 20s which circles back is what the ep's about yeah another day in your 20s that's true that's it yeah i make a lot of jokes but uh it's deserved (laughs) Somehow I'm still Christian, you know. I, I, oh, sorry. After everything I just said, no, no, I don't get offended by it because uh, you know, there's there are a lot of things that I, I do agree with uh, in that. But uh, yeah, you know, and I was burned as well a lot in in churches and stuff. And I, I played bass in the church band for years um, growing up, and uh, have a lot of yeah stories that are not great. But somehow I still managed to still believe it. That's good, man. You you feel like one of the good ones. There's part of me that's like, you have all those questions and those problems, like you should be a part of like edifying it and making it better, but I can't do it. I just had to, had to get out of there, but yeah, I totally I'm glad people like you were there who were like, yeah, these are valid questions. Kyle and I spent about 20 minutes talking uh, more about religion and other topics that will be available at willpainharrison.bandcamp.com for additional content for VIP subscribers. Uh, If you like what you hear and you want to hear more about our conversation there, uh, just make sure you go and subscribe. It's uh, willpainharrison.bandcamp.com and uh, become a subscriber today. Uh, Back to the conversation with Kyle. (laughs) It's confusing, Will. 
but I think we might have gotten to the bottom of it. Yeah, we got we got to the bottom of it. I this is believe. not where I pictured this going, <laughs> but I'm here for it. That's okay. That's what editing is for. This will be the the bonus content, dude. Yeah, I'm here. I'm for it. I can't talk about this on Kikers and Ferger, hippies and cowboys. So why is that? Let's just get on here and talk about Jesus. <laughs> uh, why is it? I don't know. I just I don't think they would get down with. They would. They would either just agree with me, or I don't know. There wouldn't be any playful back. back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> you got. You got to have the the good cop, bad cop, or whatever. You know. I like it. Yeah, I'll talk about this anytime, man. But you, it is you, like funny too to say like, oh, I don't follow this or agree with it, but it's still like all I think about or talk about. So, yeah, well, kind of like the guy singing about how over the girl he is. It's like, are you really over? Because you're you're still singing about it and still talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> and, and Christianity is honestly a really good sell, but. Like you said, when you started first, yeah, 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 because they're like, Oh, you're hurting, I have the answer, you know, and you're like, Yeah, I'm hurting a lot. I could, I could definitely, I am confused, yeah, yeah, I am confused. Oh, he's got the answers, great, but yeah, when you start asking questions and they're like, No, 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 you don't ask that question, that's when it gets kind of like, Well, hold on, like, I can't challenge you, like, why can I not challenge you? That doesn't make sense. We have, you start the questioning and then you stop the tithing. And when you stop the tithing, they lose their, they lose their lake house. And when they lose their lake house, they have to just hang out at the regular house. And, you know, what's the fun in that? Dude, that was a real thing with the Pentecostals in Alexandria. They uh, sat down with you when you joined the church, looked at your uh, paychecks and decided how much you were going to tithe. What and wild. like all the verses about tithing they were giving the like like Paul wasn't getting these tithes these tithes were going to the orphans and the widows and the people in the community that needed it right right another thing our our pastor would always be like the bible says you must tithe at least 10% so don't be tithing 10% now because that's the bottom of the bit. You should be tithing 30, 40%. I mean, if you can, it's just but, like, but dude. tip whatever you want after church when you go. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't but worry don't about that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tip it all. Just leave him a, a track. church business card. Yeah. Yeah. One of the fake, like, uh, where it looks like it's a 20 and you're like, hell yeah. And then it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, if you were to die today and you're like, what the fuck? It's like, the person who gave me this is going to die today if I find them because <laughs> yeah, this exactly. is not okay. <laughs> I used to work at a, a Christian coffee shop and um, some... Was it the what? Was it here? Yeah, yeah. The well. The well? Yeah. Bro, I applied there so hard when I was moving here. That was like my dream job. Yeah, yeah. How crazy would that have been if we worked together? That would have been awesome. You think we'd still we be friends or fired. would we be enemies? Yeah. No, we would have both gotten fired because I was always like challenging all these crazy uh, Christians that were saying wild stuff. But this one guy asked me, he came in one day and he was like, can I pray for you for anything? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, whatever I had on my mind, I'm like, thank you. You know? And then he started trying to pray with me right there. Like there's a line and I was like, bro, no, this is weird. I thought you were going to yeah. go home and like say a prayer. Dude, I hate that so much, but probably because I just see myself in that too. Like, uh, I would do stupid stuff like that. Maybe less publicly, but like the waiter comes like, oh, would you like to pray with us before we would bless this food? Just like, dude, what was I doing? I'm so cringy. (laughs) That's probably my version to it. It's just like, yeah, I hate it because I was that guy. And I can't believe it. Yeah, but you weren't, you know, thinking about that, you know? Like, yeah, in your head, it's like, I'm blessing the shit out of this guy. Yeah. But in real life, it's just like, dude, you're holding up the line. Yeah, exactly. And making this about yourself. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like a very, it's like the opposite of what Jesus, Jesus, like, go into your prayer closet or whatever. And yeah. Yep. And now we're doing, 
prayer posts on Instagram and oh my it's God. just disgusting. Yeah. This just turned into like a, a, a Richard Rohr podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which is secretly all the only podcast I've ever wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or what, what was so, the yeah. other guy? The the guy that got like banned from the church because he didn't believe in hell. Um, Rob Bell. Yeah. Rob Bell. Yeah. He's my number one idol, dude. Yeah. God, I love that man. He's the reason I know like Richard Rohr. And- yeah. Yeah. He was on the Rob cast. That's I think how I heard. About I listened it. to it too. Yep. Yeah. Love me the Rob cast. There you go. A bunch of heathen Christians listening to weird <laughs> universalist ideologies. <laughs> yeah. I would probably label myself an atheist, but I still listen to the Rob cast every week. So whatever that means. Dude, you're like uh, the guy from <laughs> X-Files. You want to believe, man. Or, I guess. Or I guess that was not the guy, the uh, Scully. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to believe. Yep, still got some questions, though. Yeah, this turned into a religious thing. Anyway, (laughs) back to your album. My Uh, album. No religion on there. Yeah, just another day in our 20s. Those, uh, what was the one I told you? Hold on, I gotta look it up. It was the second song on there. That is coming of age. Coming of age, dude. That song is a banger. It should be on the radio, man. It's so good. Thank you, man. Or was it I'm Getting Better? No, no, it was the coming of age. Nice. Dude, I would love to be on the radio. I don't know how to do that. Uh, after <laughs> Afterwards, I will give you, I, I gave um, Zach a few uh, people to, to talk to. I'll give you some people to talk to. But um, yeah, it's super hard, especially kind of doing the Americana, what, whatever we're doing uh, to really have a lot of representation on the radio. For real, man. I'm going to like pay you to start tweeting it at Bobby Bones or something. <laughs> How much? I'll think about it. Uh, All the green Jolly Ranchers. I I'll, I'll, come, I'll come to church with you one time. <laughs> Only if you and go to the I, altar. You have to go to the altar. <laughs> you have to show everyone that I saved you. You have to raise your and hand the, when you bow your head and close your eyes. You have to raise your oh, hand. Oh, man. I'll cry too, dude. I, don't, I, can, <laughs> I can do it, man. I'll go back there. Yeah, man, the songs, like, I wanted to move to Nashville to be a songwriter, like, on Music Row. And then kind of the same way with the church, like, once I kind of saw the inside workings of everything, I was like, oh, I don't think this is my scene or my where I belong. So I just started singing my own songs and... Yeah, I mean, there's, I guess, a commercial sound to it, but it still feels real to me. So that's good, I guess. Yeah, authentic. Uh, it's it, The lyrics are so authentic. It does have like a catchiness to it, but it's like, you know. No trucks, no, no trucks. bars. Yeah. It's not like whitewashed into nothing, like just <laughs> vague tropes, you know? Yeah. I appreciate that. But it is... It still could maybe sneak in on, you know, a station and you wouldn't notice. So that's the goal. I mean, that'd be cool, but I'm not banking on radio or anything. Yeah. Did you ever do, you said your first show in Nashville was at, uh, oh, shoot, uh, not, not Belcourt, but the other place. Uh, um, the song right, no, the, the, the right around you did, you said. Oh, uh, at that hotel. Yeah, I forgot what it's called. With Deb. Um, Commodore. Commodore Grill, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, good times there. Did you do a lot of songwriter rounds? <laughs> Dude, you- we did some. It's just so funny looking back to be like driving 45 minutes from Murfreesboro for your chance to play in Nashville and who knows who's going to be there. <laughs> and then you show up and it's just a hotel bar and the there's drunk nine people. people there who do not want to listen to your songs. So that was, yeah, my first one. Then I did a few other ones. I don't know if I want to name them cause I'm not like talking trash, but it's like, yeah. Dude, labels aren't hanging out at Riders Round. Like, maybe someone 20 years ago is getting discovered like that, but... 
do my That's not what's happening here. Luigi's Pizza, right next to the Johnny Cash Museum. Yeah. That, that was that was my favorite. Uh it was just like I I I remember one girl because we ended up co-writing and she's a friend of mine now. Uh, she stuck out. So that was like the best thing that ever happened. But like, it was just so like people would get up there and they play their like half baked song that, that with their, that they only have three songs that they've ever written. Yeah. In the first place, they haven't really thought out uh, like anything about actually performing. Uh, and then they get up and leave as soon as they're done, you know, mm-hmm. and don't like stick around. It's like, what, what is the point? Like if you're not meeting people, dude, it's it. so much that, or like we would go to get our name on the list and it's like, you get one song and you're number 24 on the list. Yes. It's like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm just here for a few hours. And yeah, man, it just was never great. I met one person at one of those, and it was actually the guy I wrote The Coming of Age with. His name's Brian Donkers. And it was at some like NSAI thing. Oh, yeah. So it brought me one good thing, at least, with that guy. But overall, I would say I did most of them once, and then was just like, dude, what am I doing? This is not giving me anything in return. Yeah, yeah. Not to say I wouldn't do one still, but it's not like I'm dying to just get out up every week. Like, it's a tricky thing, man. Like, I don't like go rock a bar. You know what I mean? Like, my music's, like I said, kind of sad, but still like mid tempo. But it's not like hanging out with friends, like winning a crowd over, wooing, screaming, and stuff it's yeah it's different it's tricky i don't know like where where would be my place to go and play but it doesn't seem to be at loud bars yeah yeah i know what you mean it's it's weird because like i I would consider myself you know country or even honky tonk on some level but it's it it's so lyric driven it's not like yeah I'm it's not, more like small theater. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not selling out small theater, so right. I don't know where to play. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, shoot. What's the name of that place uh, in Newport? That place is so awesome. It's one of my favorite places, and I can't think of it. Morella runs it. Um, Southgate House. Oh, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I was thinking Rhode Island. I was like, dude, I've, I've only been there like once. But yeah, Newport, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Slash, it's basically on the border of Ohio too, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's basically Cincinnati. You take two steps and you're in Cincinnati. Yeah, Southgate House, freaking awesome place though. Love it. And that's the place where people really listen. I think that's the first time I saw Arlo. Actually, it was at oh uh, nice at Southgate. Yeah, House. he's a Cincinnati boy, so oh, that that's just sense. down the street for him. Yeah, yeah. But those, I mean, those are the places that are like super supportive of of stuff we're doing is, uh, you know. Totally. I'm from Louisiana and they just don't really, like, and maybe that's why I'm I'm so like anti My Chemical Romance and stuff like that, because they're like unironically like still listening to My Chemical Romance. They're very like 10 years back kind of. Yeah. Um. Probably still yeah, no, Fallout Boy and all that stuff. So they don't really. Yeah, I get it. But also for what we're doing, doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't do. Uh... There's this one place in. Well, New Orleans is always awesome because there's like Chicky Wawa and. Uh, um shoot what is the other place uh, yeah i've been to a few different places jacks or something i don't know i can't remember oh one eye jacks one eye jacks one eye jacks yeah 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 new orleans is kind of like nashville it's like it's really hard to just end up there and playing a show with people because 
there's just so much other stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. And they they have like so much musical heritage too. It's like very, um, they're very proud of their music too. So it's great. Yeah. I cannot play it, but it's fun to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to incorporate a little bit of it in my music, but yeah, there, there's a lot of really cool stuff down there, but yeah, man. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do the end thing here. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, your new re- record is super awesome. Everyone needs to check it out. Um, and hopefully we'll have you back and get some like video or something of you up uh, once everything's open back up and we can do that. Man, that would be awesome. I'm a hundred percent down and this was fun. Thanks for having me, Will. Yeah. We'll see you uh, soon. Thanks, Kyle. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in. I really appreciate you being a supporter of the podcast. Uh, Make sure you like and subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Tell everybody about it. Uh, If you want to hear additional content, go visit willpainharrison.bandcamp.com and become a VIP subscriber. There will be additional podcast content on there as well as... uh, demos from my new upcoming record and uh cover songs all sorts of stuff so for five dollars a month you get a lot of content so go uh become a vip subscriber and help me keep the podcast on the air and uh, help me fund my new record as well um go listen to crown over and follow him on all social media and we'll talk to dl rossi next time on the podcast until then uh thanks for listening and being a supporter of the show Nothing feels right, there's a hole